a lot of time with small talk. Uh, you'll learn more about me as the week goes along. But this morning, just for a few minutes, if you'll stand back up while we honor God's word and being read, and then we'll let you be seated. I know you're standing for a little while, but when you sit down, I ask you not to go to sleep. Amen? Unless it's medically induced. If it is, that's between you and God and the medical workers. Let's go to verse 37. And it, and it came to pass that on the next day, when they were come down from the hill, much people met him. And behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is mine only child. And lo, the spirit taketh him, and he suddenly cried out, and it teareth him that he foameth again, and bruising him hardly departed from him. And I besought thy disciple to cast him out, but they could not. And Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son hither. Verse 41, Jesus is literally saying this, How long will I stay, uh, will I stay around you and how long will I have to put up with you? Is what he's saying. Now verse 42, And as it was yet a coming, the devil threw him down and tear him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again to his father. Lord Jesus, we ask your blessings upon the preaching hour. We thank you so much, God, for this uh, young group that has led us in worship this morning. I praise you for them. Thank you for their heart to lead. I pray, Lord, for Brother Vance and Miss Cotting, Lord, for this church. Thank you, God, that we have come today. Lord, as we enter a few service to, services together, Lord, as we think about revival. Realize today, God, that we can't manufacture worship. We can't manufacture revival. Lord, we can't manufacture anything good that will be done by only the Holy Spirit himself. I pray today, God, that you would do that work in this house. I pray, Lord, for a few minutes you'd remove distraction. I pray, God, that you give me clarity of mind. Lord, help me to recall those things that I have studied, those things that have uh, Lord, being in my mind, I pray, Lord, that you bring them back to my mind and help me to preach as you have laid it on my heart this morning. I pray, Lord Jesus, if anybody's lost in this house today, that they would consider eternity without you. I pray, Lord, they'd understand that it is a long time without you. And I pray, Lord, for the church this week as we preach to them. I pray, God, that you would move in their hearts. Lord, may we not be mindful of the things that matter to us, but help us to be mindful of the things today that matter to you. And we'll praise you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. For just a, about 13 and a half years now, I've had a, about, a, I've pastored at least two of Brother Vance's uncles, Brother Tommy and Brother Gary Collis. Some of y'all know them. Several of his cousins. And unfortunately, he was talking about two of them in the last uh, six or eight months or so that um, we've had uh, we've had to preach funerals of. And um, he was talking about these guys earlier. These men are in their 40s, and as he was sharing that with me, it kind of really led me back to thinking what God had laid on my heart this morning. He'll understand that statement possibly more than y'all will. But if you'll go with me right there, and I want you to look with me as we establish a key text as we preach this morning out of this passage of Scripture. Go with me right there to verse number uh, 41. And Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation, 
How long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son hither. And as he was yet a coming, the devil threw him. Now if you got a pen or a pencil, I want you to mark a couple of things so you know what we're preaching on. In verse number 41, if you have a red letter edition, you find that about three quarters of that verse is in the words of Jesus. And then if you go to verse number 42, you find that the author here, Luke, begins to talk with us uh, from his perspective. And he says, and as he was yet a coming, talking of this uh, young man, the Bible says, the devil threw him. Now, just for a few minutes, I want to bring a contrast to those two verses, 41 and 42. And I want to preach about this subject or on this subject, the truth about two worlds. The truth about two worlds. There are two clearly defined worlds found in this passage of Scripture, particularly from 37 to 42. As we preach at this morning, I want you to think of the severity of this thought and trust that God will move on your heart. The truth about two worlds. You know, whenever we think of two worlds, you can go back to the book of Genesis. Early on in the book of Genesis, we find that there's two clearly defined worlds over there in that book. Find the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve and how they had taken their rightful place. But then it didn't take long for Satan himself to slither his way up and be around them or be in their company. It gives us a picture of two different worlds. And as much as I like Exodus chapter number 14, we find two very clearly defined worlds. There is the world of Pharaoh, and I believe pictured as possibly the world of darkness. It is a picture of destruction and a picture of hurt and harm. But then there's another picture. There's a picture of the God, God's man, God's leader, uh, leading his people into that place of protection and keeping. It's a clearly defined two different worlds. Then you go all the way to the book of Daniel and you think about Daniel, nothing more than a battle between good and evil. And you can think of this on, uh, really from cover to cover, from time to time, of the story of two different worlds. Whenever you think of this passage here, based on 41 and 42, the Bible teaches us of two worlds. It clearly says that there is a world of Jesus, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But it clearly says also that there is a world that has been defined, a world that has been shaped. It's a world, the author of that world is the devil. In verse number 42, as we think of two different worlds... Many of you like the Chronicles of Narnia. It is, a, it is a movie about the dark and the light. Some of you like Star Wars, and it is, from what I've been told, I haven't watched many of them, it is a contrast between dark and light. All throughout the Scripture, we see these uh, uh, predominant thoughts of good and evil. And I don't want to get into the political world this morning, but it's very clear to see that in the political world there is a thought of good and there is a thought of evil. There is a picture of darkness and there is a picture of light. And I'll bring that on personal to us all. When you look into some of our homes, uh, there is dark in some homes and there is also light in those same homes. And as we channel it on down to the house of God this morning, you may not even realize it. Uh, there is a spiritual battle here in this house this morning uh, between those things that are dark and those things that are light. 
Those things that are good and those things that are bad. That's two different worlds. We find here in verse number 41 and 42 as we establish uh, this particular verse and think about uh, these two worlds, the truth about two worlds. I want to share with you as we think of verse 41 and 42 on this, on, on number one, we think about a world that destroys. Go with me if you will, particularly this morning, the verse number 39. And, a, and lo, a spirit taketh him. Back up with me the verse number 38. And behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is mine only child. And lo, a spirit taketh him. Now notice, if you will, in verse number 39, the Bible begins to give description about a world that destroys. We don't have to look too far. Uh, maybe a friend or maybe a family in the church and maybe it's somebody that lives right down the road. You just don't have to look too far to find that there is somebody that maybe their life is being destroyed uh, by this dark world. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that Satan himself is just about in high gear doing his very best to destroy those around about us, uh, trying to destroy pastors and pastors' families, deacons and deacons' families. He, wouldn't, he won't rest until he can move right inside of this church and do all the damage and all the heartache that he can possibly muster up. It is the dark side of what we find in these verses, a world that destroys. It is sad to think in this day and time that so many people have invested their life into a mind Mindset that destroys, careers that destroy, decisions that destroys, addictions that destroy, habits that destroy, heartaches. These things are brought about because of a world that destroys. Let's look at the good description of what happens in the world that will destroy you. Number one, look in verse number 39. The Bible says, And lo, a spirit taketh him. Now it wasn't too long ago I think of an individual without calling a name uh, that they was seemed to be on the right track, seemed to be doing things the correct way. And then all of a sudden it was as if a spirit took them, a spirit literally claimed them, laid hold on them and began to take them and entertain them by this dark world. And teenagers and young ones amongst us and, and young adults, y'all listen to this preacher man right now. Uh, this world has nothing to offer. Go to 1 John and read of the world. Read of what John says about this world. This world is temporary. It'll pass. This world is full of lust and sin and murder and deceit and it'll take and it'll destroy. Uh, young people think of this this morning. There is nothing on this side of eternity uh, that'll do for you what Jesus will do for you. But this dark world today is taking people and is beginning to claim them and is showing possession of them. Notice number two if you will, in verse number 39, the Bible says not only did this, this world, this dark world taking this uh, uh, picture of Satan, but it, notice, if you will, there in verse number 39, the Bible says that it tore him. And he suddenly cried out, and the Bible says, and it teareth him. We, we think of those that have fallen into sin. 
And it, it doesn't have to be folks that are lost. It can be folks that are saved, born again, children of God. But think of this world that is tearing people. Not only did this spirit take him, but this spirit began to tear him. And you know, you think of this right here. You think of somebody in the Bible, uh, like the leaders in the early church, like Agrippa and Felix and some of these people who were very high up the rank. And all of a sudden, you begin to have a conversation with those people. Paul began to enter the subject of Jesus with those people and one would say not at this time it's just not a good time and the other would say almost did you convince me to be a Christian why was that it's because they had been taken by this dark world they were being torn down by this dark world how many drug addicts will have to go to the grave how many whoremongers will have to carry around disease how many people in this side of heaven will have to suffer by a dark a dirty sinful world whenever the world takes them and that world tears them. It is obvious around about us uh, that people's lives are being torn to shreds and I got news for you. It's being torn to shreds because of a God of this world, little G mind you, uh, that is ripping through families and ripping through churches and ripping through the homes and ripping through the schools and ripping through places that's trying to do the very best they can. That's a description of an old dark world. Notice number 3 in verse number uh, uh, 39. The Bible says, Not only did this, this dark world take him and tear, tear, uh, tear him, but notice, And that he foameth again, and notice, and bruising him. I believe this world was terrorizing him. It was the world of Satan. It was the world of, uh, of the God of this world that was terrorizing this young man, taking him and doing all that he could to hurt him and all that he could to harm him. And I think of my past and I think of the uh, times in my life before I come to Christ and then I think of the times in my life after I come to Christ. I got news for you today. Satan doesn't want anything more than to take us and to hurt us and tear us apart. To, to take us, tear us, terrorize us, to bruises is what the wording is here in verse number 39 and the Bible says that he foameth again and he was bruising and the Bible says that he was suffering literally was suffering because the God of this world had taken him and had possession over him if you go to Matthew 17 you go to Mark 9 you'll find different accounts of the same account uh, different descriptions of it rather and you think about the one thing that they all had in common was this that Satan had control of this man's life and somebody coming looking for help amen but Satan had control of his life you say preacher I don't know about all that stuff I don't know if there's a, a Satan really and I don't know if he can really uh, be the God of somebody John 8 44 Jesus said if you are not of your father which is in heaven you are of your father Satan and so it doesn't matter he might be the sweetest person on the planet but if you've never come to Christ your spiritual father is the demon of demons amen is the antichrist of revelation 13 he is one hellish individual who wants to rip your life apart that's the God of your life if you've never come to Christ that's a world to, that destroys welcome to a world that destroys. A world that destroys. Number four, notice if you will, drop down to verse 42. And he was yet a coming, and the devil threw him down and tear him again. Not only did this world destroy him, it took him, tore him, terrorized him, threw him. 
Bible says in Luke chapter number 12 and verse number 5 gives us a description right there that would back it up, especially on the subject of hell. You think of, of hell in Luke 16 and how that uh, the rich man would die and the beggar would die. You know with the story, the beggar would go on to the, he to the heaven and the Bible says the rich man would wake up in, 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 uh, in torments. He would wake up being terrorized. Why? It's because he had been tossed into, threw into hell. What are these things that causes people uh, to walk out on, on uh, their life, to give up their life? It's crazy to me that somebody uh, can, can live this life and be so attached to something that will destroy them. But I, I just can I remind you this morning that in the world that destroys, uh, a world's going to act like the world. Uh, a sinner's going to act like a sinner. Uh, people that don't know any better, they're going to act like somebody that don't know any better. They are the, excuse me, they are the, uh, they, they, they suffer because of decisions made of a deep, dirty, dark world. They suffer because of Satan himself, who is the promoter of it. He's the one that's got the banner saying, come on unto me. Uh, the one that, uh, uh, that, that basically sticks his hand out. He's the one that was bold enough in Matthew 4 to go to the Lord Jesus and say, uh, let me just kind of give you a little, uh, let me show you what you can have. And son, if he'll do that to Jesus, he'll do that to you. That's the description of a dark world. A dark world is a world of murder, a world of, of, of greed. It's a world of sin. It's a world of habits that are destroying people day in and day out. It's a world of, of uh, let's just go ahead and hit this one. It's a world of homosexuality killing the young minds and the young lives of teenagers. And then we got this here, uh, this here stuff that's crept in about gender friendly and all this stuff and uh, changing this and that and the other. And I got news for you. You might be some uh, uh, young person here today and you're having an identity crisis. I I will say to you, just hang on. God will straighten all that out. We live in a day and age where a deep, dark world that destroys, it'll take you, it'll tear you, it'll terrorize you, it'll, it'll put you in a place to where you, there'll be no point of no return outside of Jesus Christ. And all these things we've mentioned, the sin, of the doctrine, listen, the doctrine of works in this world. And listen, I'm going to heaven one day, won't be because I work there, amen? I believe that's a dark world. What about uh, religion? Now, people want to say, oh, I'm a religious person. I'm going. That's the doctrine of a dark world. These are things that will destroy you. It's a description of a dark world. Amen. I remember I was about eight or nine years old, and y'all might not can tell it. I'm a little bit high strung, and I've always been a little bit destructive. My mom and daddy bought me a little um, Tonka-type car whenever I was a young kid. And it was tough. I mean, it was tough as nails. And it would roll from one side of the road to the other. I always would go out there and play with it. And I got kind of, kind of an idea one day. I thought, well, I wonder uh, if I can make it through the wheels of a passing car without tearing it up. And I know that's dumb. Y'all, I would stand out there on the side of the road and car would come by and I had my position just right. And I'd take that old car and I'd... And I'd just sling it and see if it will roll uh, through, that, through the wheels. And I remember making it through two or three times. But Brother Vance, whenever one car got it real good, I'll give you one guess what happened to that little car of mine. It absolutely destroyed it. Mama said, what in the world happened to your car? 
Now, I won't tell you what happened after I told her what happened to my car. But you know, a dumb decision on my part destroyed my favorite car. That's way more, way more important, is it, that you make a decision in your life where your life's not completely and eternally destroyed. Number two, we see a world that delivers. Notice, if you will, right there in verse number 41, the Bible says that they had come to Jesus. Go back up with me right there in verse number 38. It says, And behold, and behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee. In verse 41, we see the words of red, and again, it teaches us that Jesus is speaking. A world that delivers. And as bad as this dark world is that we've described, let's talk about a world of light. A world that delivers. Amen. A world that will bring a smile to your face and put peace in your heart. Amen. A world that will take a, an old dead church and make it alive. A world that will take an old sour person and give them some sweetness. Amen. A world that will uh, uh, take, take the bad and turn it into good. The world that delivers. Notice the Bible says in verse number 38, he says, Master. Let's look notice right there that this father had come unto him and he said, Luke writes, he says, Behold, a man of the company cried out saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, mine only child. I believe, number one, in this world that uh, delivers, it takes an act of surrender. It involves surrender. Amen. It involves somebody raising the old white flag. It involves somebody that's been hard-nosed and hard-headed for a whole bunch of years to say, you know what, I've battled this thing as long as I want to battle it. I've fought this fight as long as I want to fight it. I've done all I can do in this sin battle. I need to be set free. Amen? I believe it involves surrender of somebody who looks into the Scripture and says, you know what, I want a taste of the world that delivers. I'm sick of living in the world of darkness. I'm sick of living in that place where the devil's at. Amen? I want to come out of the quagmire. I want to come out of the cesspool. I want to be lifted up. Amen. It involves somebody that surrenders. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves unto God. Amen. And I notice here in the text, the Bible says in our key text in verse 38, he come to him and he said, Master. I believe the word master right there speaks of authority. He speaks that he is a one that is over him in some sort. Notice the Bible says right there that he brought his child to him. It's a picture of somebody uh, that has surrendered uh, to a Savior. It's a picture of somebody who was tired of looking for help in the highways and the byways. Amen. It was somebody tired of looking for help in the streets and the places where there was no help. And they found help right here in the midst of a Savior. I believe, uh, number two, I believe we find the world that deliver is a world that invites the hurting. Now go with me right here to verse number 39. The Bible says that this man was taken of a spirit. He was tore of a spirit. He was terrorized by a spirit. Notice the Bible says right there in verse number 42 that he was threw down by a spirit. I believe right here we see the picture that this world that delivers invites the hurting. Amen. What do you mean preacher? Here's what I mean. The addicts that we dodge, Jesus is saying, won't you come a little bit closer. Amen. The homeless people that we don't want to be around, Jesus is saying, come on in. Amen. I believe the one that's broken down 
around today, hurting in your family, your marriage is falling apart. I believe this, that Jesus died for the hurting, amen? He didn't come to die for a righteous man. He come to die for sinners, amen? I stand today a sinner saved by grace. 17 years old, I was saved inside of an old Fleetwood mobile home one night, and no, I hadn't never got over it, amen? I still get excited when you talk about the old rugged cross, amen? When you talk about shed blood of Jesus Christ, I believe there's too many pulpits quiet. I believe there's too many pulpits as liberal. I believe there's too many pulpits who quit believing in the literal bloodshed of Jesus Christ. But you know what I believe? I believe that just a couple weeks ago, we celebrated a day that separates us from all religions, and that is that Jesus would come out of a grave. He would come out of it victorious, and I believe still today He is beckoning unto those that are hurting, saying, won't you come on in? Amen? Let me put a spiritual mandate on your injury. Let me heal your injury. Let me give you some medication. Amen? Let me give you something that'll do for you like nobody else will do for you. Amen? And that is Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus is what the old Baptist preacher said. And I'm telling you, we living in a day and age right now where we ought to get excited about Jesus. A lot of kids, I hear a lot of teenagers say, oh, bless God, I'm tired of the old red book uh, hymnal. I'm tired of the old Baptist hymnal. I'm tired of this and tired of that. Let me go ahead and hit a soapbox for just a minute. If it wasn't for the red back hymnal, you wouldn't be singing contemporary. Amen. If it wasn't for the old rugged cross and the aisle fly away, amen. There's been a many of people that's been excited over those old songs, but thank God for the new. Amen. I've been set free by the blood of Jesus. Love what I heard this morning. It's because of why. It's because there's a man named Jesus. Amen. That's inviting the hurting this morning. You may be sitting here hurting. You may be sitting here faking everybody out. You may have that masquerade of I'm just as good as anybody else and on the inside you rotten to the core. Amen. I got news for you. There's a world that delivers. It's not the FedEx. Amen. And it's not UPS this morning. It's the power of the blood. Amen. That'll forgive you and wash you clean and make you white as snow. Amen. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 38, or excuse me, 39. It says, And lo, a spirit taketh him and tore him and terrorized him. But then notice back there, if you will, in verse number 42, And he was yet a coming, and the devil threw him down and tear him. And notice this, And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit. I believe a world, listen now, I believe a world that delivers includes Jesus. Number one, I believe it involves surrender. I believe this world, number two, invites the hurting. But number three, it involves Jesus. It involves the great I Am. Amen? Uh, the bread, the bread of all breads, if you will. Uh, the one that brings a thirst, or that satisfies a thirst like nobody else. Uh, the water that will go in and the water that will, listen, it'll quench all of the thirst you ever had. I'm talking about the day star and the lily of the valley. I'm talking about the witness of revelation. Amen. I'm talking about the one who would put it all into existence. Colossians says that he was the creator of it all. I believe whenever it come time for creation day, the Lord Jesus said, let's put this planet here and let's put this star here and let's put this voice here and let's put this lung here and let's put this foot here. Y'all go in and get excited if you want to. It's good stuff. Amen. He would say this galaxy here and this galaxy there and the the Milky Way here and the trees here and all of this stuff. It involves Jesus, this world that delivers this morning. 
Notice the Bible says, And the devil threw him down and tear him, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again unto his father. You see, the disciples, they couldn't figure this one out. This was a job for Jesus. A world that delivers. You may be sitting here this morning saying, this preacher's lost his mind. I lost my mind at 17. Amen. I give it over to Jesus. Said, you can have it. Notice what the Bible says again there in that 42 verse. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit. You got a child with an unclean spirit, there's your remedy. There's your solution. You got a mama with an unclean spirit, there's your solution. What's wrong is this. People have forgot there's two different worlds. And you're going to live for one or the other. There's no middle ground. It's like being almost pregnant. There is no middle ground. Do you understand? You'll live for Jesus or you'll live for Satan. You'll live for darkness or you'll live for the deliverer. You'll live for light or you'll live for uh, darkness. Amen. You'll One or the other. You're going to do it. Teenagers, you say, oh, I got plenty of time. Don't fool yourself. Forty-year-olds, don't fool yourself. Four 40-year-old men's funerals have I preached in the last 14, 15 months. About two worlds. I'm going to go ahead and ask ever how y'all want to do the invitation if you'll, if you'll come. And if you can just play for just a moment, then once I finish, I'll, y'all can sing or whatever you feel led to do. But read, if you'll just play right there, that's all I want for the moment. A world that destroys and a world that delivers reminds me of the story of two men these two men were buddies they grew up young young teenagers same neighborhood they made a decision as they got older they wanted to go to the military together so they did and all throughout their life they was just I mean at the hip attached these two men, they begin to live life. They were both rough, really, around the edges. Then there come a day in the life of one of them, they got invited to an old-fashioned service, got invited to uh, hear the message of Jesus. That one got saved. And while their relationship was still strong, one was saved, one was lost. One was living in darkness, and one was living in the light. And the one that was living in the light was doing his very best to try to witness to the other one. He loved his friend, cared for his friend. But one would live in light, and one would live in darkness. The one in darkness would experience addiction, like alcohol and drugs and things that would hurt him and hurt his wife and hurt his children. And he said he'd had it all under control. He lived for year after year after year tied to this world, bound down by this world. While the friend that was saved had been delivered from those things, he was living a life of peace and joy and harmony and love with his wife and with his children, with those around him, a healthy, holy lifestyle. Till the day come whenever... He got news that his friend had died. His friend had died one night due to an overdose. 
bound down by a dark, dirty, addictive world. And he was reminded that night of what John said. To paraphrase, John said, don't be attached to this world. This world will kill you. And the saved friend had to take peace and solace in the fact that he knew that there was a day that he was delivered. Let me ask you something this morning, church. Have you been delivered? Are you living bound down in bondage? Do you understand there's two different worlds, one of darkness and one of light? And I'll ask you this, and I'm done. Do you know Jesus? The truth about two worlds. One that'll kill you, and one that'll cure you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word. And I pray this morning, God, as we turn this invitation time over to Brother Vance and to these musicians, God, I pray that you touch them, anoint them. I pray, Lord, for this congregation. Lord, as we move into this time of invitation, Lord, I pray if somebody's lost, they'd be reminded if they die without Jesus. Long time in darkness. But if they come to Christ, oh, what a, oh, what a place of light. A place of remedy. A place of healing. May they come to Christ this morning. In Jesus' name, Brother Vance.
Sorry. 